From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone. Romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. On today's show, we're talking about the midlife crisis, what it is, how it can impact a marriage, and what to do about it. And there's a quote from Gail Sheehy that talks about this. And she says, as we approach midlife in our middle 30s or early 40s, we are not prepared for the idea that time can run out on us or for the startling truth that if we don't hurry to pursue our own definition of a meaningful existence, life can become a repetition of trivial maintenance activities. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about today, we're talking about the midlife crisis. But before we get there, we open one, every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And a hug is really an opportunity for us to celebrate you, celebrate what you're doing in the marriage, celebrate how you're being intentional. And this hug came from a Facebook comment in the One Family Facebook group that starts with, this group and the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast have literally revived my marriage and intimate life with my husband. Mm. We have a lot of work to still be done, but we both love listening to your podcast and then talking about it later in the day. We have been able to have a lot of fun conversations over the last couple of weeks, and I have noticed a huge difference in how we communicate with one another. Thank you. I love it. I love it, man. That's That's so awesome. It's just, it's that intentionality. Yeah. Right. What starts to happen when a couple gets intentional and really that kind of is at the heart of today's show Mm -hmm. around this concept of midlife crisis. And is it a concept or it's an actual, well, it's a concept and an experience, Mm -hmm. right? Because we know that not everybody has been through this. Not everybody will go through it. So conceptually there's that, but then there's also the experience because, you know, I've been hearing from a lot of coaching clients lately who are just expressing this, this sense that they're not where they thought they would be at this point in time in their life, in their marriage, with their careers or something else. And it's, it's got this questioning Mm -hmm. starting to happen about what's the direction of my life? What, what's happening in this relationship with my spouse and my kids and what's next. And, and I want to say from the get go on this show that it's not just the men that are voicing those questions. Because mm. I think stereotypically, like the term midlife crisis, in fact, you and I were even joking about this. Midlife, Tony Cher. Yeah, mid- midlife crisis mainly means it's a guy, he, he's, he's buying a sports car and he's getting a, mistri- a mistress. And, and I was just like, because I was looking around and doing some research as well. And that's mainly what comes up. It, it's a stereotypical like midlife crisis. It's some guy, he's going to go buy some sports car. My son would say, Hey, it's a 50 year old guy who's going through it. He bought a Corvette. Um, and he has now he has a mistress and that, that is, is the 18 year old's perception yeah, of a midlife crisis. Right that now. is not the fact though. That is a stereotype of what midlife crisis could be mm-hmm. for you or someone, you know, um, but there's much more to it. And we're even at a really unique place. And I think that's really what the catalyst, a big portion of the catalyst for the show is as well is that, you know, we're hearing this from coaching clients, but we have a son, mm-hmm. uh, an 18 year old son who is about to graduate from high school. So yep. major life transition for us. We both have our birthdays in June. And so we will officially be in our late forties, um, with these two birthdays coming up. You are, I'm still young. 
you're older than me. You, you, <laughs> in you, my mind, I'm still young. Okay, you are still young at heart, but our birthdays just yeah. tell us that we're in a different place. Yeah. And, you know, we're in, in this season. Well, even, hey, our 30th high school reunion. Oh, yeah, that's happening too. <laughs> are also coming up this year. <laughs> Which is such a crazy number. Although I'm not going to mine, and I don't even think my school would even have one. Oh, I um, don't know with COVID if anybody's having reunions this year. But your high school would most likely have one more likely I'm more than likely mine. than you. But yeah. that's another big thing is like, oh my goodness, we've been out of school high school for 30 years, which How is, is that crazy, possible? crazy to think about. How is that possible? Yeah. And, and so we got to this place where this phrase midlife crisis started becoming part of the conversation that Tony and I were having. And, you know, the definition of a midlife crisis is that transition of identity that occurs. It can actually occur anywhere between like your late thirties through like your mid to late fifties ish. Mm. There's a really big span. So don't freak out on either end of that spectrum. If you have, or you have like, it's just, it's a range. Yeah. And, and I did again, some just looking up what the midlife crisis range would be. And it honestly goes from like that mid thirties and some would even say all the way into the, the mid sixties. And so some places were saying, you know, forties into your sixties, others would say your mid forties into your mid sixties. So just know that that's a range. And a big part of that is really the emotional and the psychological mm-hmm. aspects of, of that transition in identity. And, and so you get into this concept, okay, transition of identity, like what is that and why does that happen? And mm-hmm. you start taking a look at what happens mm-hmm. for individuals and couples in that roughly 15 to 20 year span. And, you know, just like us, you have kids who are growing up, graduating, and you become empty nesters, huge transitions there. For some, depending on how young you were when you started having kids, your kids are now having their kids and you're becoming grandparents, mm-hmm. right? That's happening. Um, your parents are aging on the other side. So you're, you're getting into this place where maybe your parents have died and you're now the oldest generation. Mm, yeah. Wow. And I, I've had that thought mm. numerous times with you specifically just knowing that you are now like the oldest male in your family. Yeah. Which, did, which has hit me. Didn't even hit me. So yeah. thank you for that. Well, I, it wasn't intentional, but we're having a conversation. Um, for some, you know, careers, you've been, you know, a- so actively pursuing your careers for all those years. And then you, maybe you've reached the pinnacle or you're at a plateau and you're starting to go, okay, well, well, what's next? Or job loss happens. Job loss, has, job loss happens. You, you start seeing that, you know, 40s and 50s, the body your body, um, maybe a few more wrinkles and a few more gray hairs and a few more aches and pains. And you're starting to go, okay, what's going on with this thing that, that used to be able to stay up all night and eat pizza at 4am and, you know, do whatever. And you're like, well, we we had that episode. We recently did, uh, erection killers that that's a big, you know, that's a big shift, Mm -hmm. emotional turmoil, turmoil that will happen for a man anyways. Well, and you know, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm at an age that I used to think was going to be old. Well, yeah, well, and, and even for the for women, menopause yeah. in that time period. So there's th- that again, an emotional turmoil coming upon you. And you know, for some of you, depending on what age you were when you got married, again, like Tony and I got married, we were 22 and 23. We are approaching our 25th wedding anniversary, and you, you know, there are a lot of people who have been married for decades. And there's that whole like identity thing of going, we have been married for a really, really long time to the same person. Long time. And, and you get it to this place yeah. where you're... Yeah. Okay, you don't have to make it sound like it was... No, I don't know. It's just interesting you say that because I, I've, I've shared that with a couple of folks recently. Just, you know, how we're coming up on our 25th anniversary and 
that look of like, oh my, like <laughs> wh- what? And, and, it, and it does hit me at times to go, wow, like we've been married almost 25 years. This June will be our 27th anniversary of meeting each other. And man, that is, that is decades. Yeah. Our first kiss anniversary is in June on um, my birthday. On your birthday. On my birthday. And, and you know, you get into that place where you're like, you can wake up one day or on many days and you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, what the heck? How how did I get here? Am I where I want to be? Is this where I thought I would be? And Mm. and you just get into this place of, of just a lot of questions and and it's not uncommon. And you know, it turns out that just under 50%, the exact number was 48% of you said that either you or your spouse has experienced a midlife crisis when we recently asked on Instagram. And, and that could be like, I have no idea. We don't ask how old you are. So I don't know if you're outside those age ranges or what it is, but, but roughly 50% of those in the one family have said that. And, and which tells me we need to be talking about this Yeah, because whether you're the one struggling with that transition and identity and all the emotional aspects of, or it's your spouse, these things have an impact on your marriage. They're going to, it, it, you know, when we talk about the potential impacts, this is what you shared with us. The impact of a, a midlife crisis on your marriage caused separation and divorce created distance, led to an affair, became distant, withdrawn, and didn't want to be touched. There was a lack of communication, a loss of trust. It was a lonely season. It woke us up to taking our marriage for granted. And, and there, were, there were so many responses. I mean, those were just a handful that I pulled out. But, but what really struck me, Tony and I were having this conversation because we see the Instagram responses as they start to come in. And, and it really starts the conversation here at One Extraordinary Marriage of, of What's going on? What do we see as the underlying trends? Mm-hmm. And, and what really struck us, it was so powerful as we were reading these comments, is that virtually everything that showed up on the list, in fact, I don't think there was anything that didn't, but just to cover my bases, because you guys know how I feel about always and never, the six pillars of intimacy truly has the potential to equip the two of you with the tools to navigate the season, both before it happens, mm-hmm. right? So those of you that haven't experienced it, cause maybe you're on the, the early side to actually be proactive. And look, if you're listening to the one extraordinary marriage show, you're about being proactive and taking mm-hmm. action. Or those of you that have been in that season, it actually becomes that framework to equip you to navigate right. the season. Or if you've got, made it through the other side to actually be able to go back and look at it because the, the six pillars of intimacy, you guys, this isn't just some random framework. It actually becomes that tool that the two of you can say, like, let's look at our marriage. This is, this is a season. I mean, they call it midlife, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's a defined season. So if you have a foundational framework to handle a season. It doesn't matter what the season is. It just matters that you have a foundation to be able to navigate that, to be able to say, okay, how are we going to handle this as husband and wife? Again, coming back to what we talk about so often here at One Extraordinary Marriage, what can I do? And also I want to say, it is a what can I do. Mm -hmm. And yet we go through this season and we begin to look very inward. Mm. We begin to just look at ourselves and and that's that's expected, right? Because we're coming up into this place and going, where am I going? What's happening? We we can see maybe what we'll call the finish line, totally, of our life here on Earth. And what do we want to do? 
I was talking to a good buddy of mine just the other day and I was just saying like, dude, we only have one life mm. to live. We have one life. So we better live it and put everything we have behind it. Because eventually there's going to come a point in time when we take our last breath. But when before that, I want to say, you guys do it as a team. Mm-hmm. You go through this as a team together. You can strengthen mm-hmm. each of those pillars before, during, and after. You can do that as a team. Is it going to be just all rainbows and unicorns? No. There's going to be some work. There's going to be some intentionality. There's going to be some action that's going to be needed needed to be taken by each of you. And yet you can come through this midlife, not looking at divorce or separation mm-hmm. or an affair or, or filling yourself up with a, a sports car or a yacht or whatever it may be Tr- trips just to go do trips for the sake of just going to search, but you can do it together and be strengthened. Absolutely. And it's, it's so crazy that you talk about the finish line because I, I think, you know, just specifically the transition with Alex getting ready to graduate the 30th high school reunion and a birthday all literally those things will all happen within like four weeks, three weeks. Yeah. The, the, the crazier one though, for me, I think is in three years when I hit 50, Abby will graduate from high school and then Alex will be 21. 21. And Abby turns 18 that year. And Abby turns they, 18. So and that's, I just want y'all to know that, I get my own year the that, year after. That's the one that I think for me will be a, an interesting place to be coming into, especially that June period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the end of the year when the kids begin to have their birthdays. But it, it is getting to that place and saying, okay, how are we going to navigate that? So let's talk about how to use the six pillars to help the two of you in this season right after this word from our sponsor. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're back and we're talking about midlife crises and how to use the six pillars of intimacy to navigate them. And I want to say at the very top here, not everyone experiences a midlife crisis. First of all, like that, like it's not, it's not something you have to experience. That's right. Right. That's exactly true. Let's start there. And the second part of that is that not everyone is going to experience it in the same way. 
Mm-hmm. So there's no, like Tony said, you know, you don't have to follow the stereotypical, you know, go out and buy a sports car and have an affair, right? That, that doesn't have to be your story, but it's important to say this has a potential of happening in our marriage. So how do we, how do we take an active role? You, you guys hear us almost every show say something like be intentional and take action. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to come from one or from both of us. And, and you know, as you start to, as you start to think, okay, the, the six pillars, what am I looking at? What is this? What does this mean? How do I incorporate this? You know, we asked the question on Instagram, what did you want your spouse to know about that season? Mm. From people that have either are currently walking through it or have walked through it. And I want you to hear what some of these folks had to say, because if you're aware of what somebody might be experiencing, you actually get to be proactive Mm -hmm. and empowered to take action, to create a different environment, to create a different response. People said it was a dark and lonely season for both of us. The choices that you make aren't just impacting you. They impact all of us. One spouse said, I'm so grateful that my spouse was my rock, even when I wasn't lovable. Mm, wow. I realized this is my problem. And then somebody even said, please wake up and come back to the marriage. Mm. These are powerful statements. A- and it doesn't matter which side of that statement or any of those statements that you're on. You know, it's so easy, like Tony said, to become focused on yourself, right? To be like, I'm going through this. But here's the deal. You guys are married, you're raising kids, you're, you're pursuing your careers. You aren't in this by yourself. No matter how lonely you feel, there is someone that you attached your life to. There is someone there that is going, okay, you know what? How do we do this together? Because I, I will tell you, extraordinary marriages don't just happen. No. It's not some like, you know, magical lottery that says you're extraordinary, you're not, you're extraordinary, you're not, uh, two extraordinaries, one not. Like that's not how it works. Extraordinary marriages shift that focus from being all of the external joys and happiness and, and trappings to being internal and saying, we're going we're gonna to do what it takes as a team, like Tony said a few minutes ago, to, to navigate these transitions, to say, okay, you know what, if we've got a crack in one of these pillars, guess what? We're not going to leave it cracked and crumbling. Mm. We're going we're gonna to get that putty. We're going to, I don't know, what's like putty, glue. What, what do you stick in a crack? I'm like, no, I'm totally winging it as far as what you do with cracks, you know, not being an architect or an engineer. Um, so all you types, just send me a message, what I would actually use to create, you know, fix a crack. In a pillar. In a pillar. Yeah. And, and this is one thing I just want to say real quick here. If you're in this spot, consider coaching. Consider it. Really. Like, you, you need an outside third person perspective because you're caught in your own thoughts. Mm. You're caught in your own day to day. You're caught in what is happening right here in the now. And sometimes you need somebody to come in and speak from an outside observer. Somebody who doesn't know the life you've lived for the last 15, 20, 25 plus years mm-hmm. and speak life into you to help you see what you may not see right now. There are some blind spots you have. Believe you me, I got them as well. That's why I have amazing people around me. That's why I have amazing coaches. That's why I go to people and I ask. And even with that, there are still times that I get a little lost. And so if you're interested in coaching with Elisa, you can apply at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, you know, we're, we're going to give you some suggestions and just some fr- um, pieces here around the six pillars of intimacy. And I want to say this is not an exhaustive list. No. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's a half hour show, you guys. I, like, we can't like dig into all of this, but it's just just enough to get you thinking. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do in each one of these pillars if we're experiencing cracks because we're in the middle of life and there's this transition of identity where we're dealing with emotional and physical changes? You know, let's if it's your emotional intimacy, you know, if, if it's, if it's feeling you've gotten to this place where everything's surfacy, right? It, it's actually almost transactional conversations, you know, kid here, dinner here. Did you pay the bills? Did you get the milk? That type of thing. You know, get intentional about having conversations that are just about the two of you flirt with one another. Oh my gosh, bring black flirting. It's a good thing. Tony, I did a photo shoot yesterday. When we do a photo shoot, he is laughing with me. He's grabbing my butt. There's always a grab the butt picture, you know. You got to. Always, right? That actually taps into the physical intimacy, but, but getting into this place of laughter again, bringing the fun back, you know, break out of your conflict cycles mm-hmm. just because you do this conflict dance doesn't mean you have to keep doing the conflict dance, right? right? Your physical intimacy. And I want to say this because I, I get it. I've got this 18 year old young man living in our house. that's about to leave. And he is very physically, physically affectionate with his mom, but it can't just be that I'm being physically affectionate with my kids with both of them. They're both like, they're much more physically affectionate with me than they are with Tony. And so it's this weird dynamic, but I'm waking up to the fact that one, they're leaving. And two, it can't just be a parent child physical connection in a family. It has to be between the spouses. And so I'm going to, I'm going to just say, if you're physically affectionate with your kids and you're not doing it with your spouse, up your game. And this can go both ways. Totally. You know, Elise is just sharing from her perspective. Um, and we've shared many a times in, in our lives where physical intimacy ha- has been a struggle. And we, we still are working through this together. A photo shoot for us is a way, for me in particular, to, to touch. Because it, it, it gets us out of our norm. It gets us out of our, our day-to-day. And we are goofy. And we're laughing. And we are touching. And we're doing different things. And so sometimes you got to put yourself... Mm-hmm in an environment that changes things up and you have to let loose as you address the midlife. Because I will tell you, having gone through these years, there are times when I feel like I got to be more stoic and I got to be this and I have to be that because now I'm, you know, in my, in my late forties and and I got to remember like still okay to be fun. Yes. And he is a lot of fun. You guys, I am, but, but there are times when I can be very just black and white. This is what needs to happen. I can I can go both ways. You know it. Oh, so much truth in that statement. But that's another show for another day. Uh, financial intimacy, right? So much of, of of this time period can be spent on you know going after the career, going after the financial security, really just being in pursuit of that. And you still need to you still need to be having those conversations with your spouses about your finances. You need to be having those conversations about, you know, estate documents and those different types of things that, that also contribute to your financial security, but don't, don't forsake the financial intimacy because you're doing everything else, Mm -hmm. right? Your spiritual intimacy. I, I will tell you that these years can actually challenge a lot of couples in their, in their faith. Like what's going on? Why is this going on? You know, all of these different things and can have you questioning. Well, I think a big one for us and, and we shared about it, you know, taking time to grieve. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put 
I'll put a link to that episode here. Um, but you get to a place where it's weird, I think, in this in this time frame, and in, in a way where if you got married younger, like Elise and I did, there weren't people passing away around you. Like right. it, they just weren't. Like you were just living your life, and now. I, I feel like it's almost every other week, every couple of weeks, like somebody we know or close to or, or or somebody we know, a friend of a friend. or And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And and sometimes your spiritual intimacy can begin to get a little rocked. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a time for the two of you to actually start pressing in. And because I'll tell you, what will happen is you start questioning God. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why, why? And I would say, press in, read your Bible, mm-hmm. know that he's a loving father and do it together. Maybe it's picking up a devotional. Maybe it's doing some worship. Maybe it's praying together. It's looking at all of that and and making a choice to foster that spiritual intimacy together. And, you know, recreational intimacy. Straight up, those midlife years, they're busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to lie. You're pursuing your career. You're raising your kids. You've you've got volunteer obligations. You've got all this stuff. Welcome to the club. You are not, I'm, don't take this the wrong way. You're not special. Everyone has a very busy life. Mm -hmm. The question is, are you going to be the one to make time for your spouse and spend time with them? Mm. Or will someone else? Straight Straight up. up, Go there. Like, I'm not going to mince words. If you're not going to make time for your spouse because you're too busy doing a whole bunch of other stuff, you can't date your spouse. You can't, you know, spend time with them on the couch. You can't go do something fun that they want to do, even if it's not your most favorite thing in the world. I will tell you, There are people out there that will do that. And as you guys shared with us, going through a midlife crisis, many of you shared separation, divorce, a mistress, a guy. Honestly, you guys need to spend time together. And your recreational intimacy is where you do that. That's Mm -hmm. where you strengthen that. That's those dates that you guys do together. Those are those activities you do together. And as Elisa said, sometimes you're not all there. you're, you're going to have to move into that place where you want to be with one another. You're going to have to schedule time with one another that you've never done before, mm-hmm. nor do you think you need to. Guess what? You need to, because if not, you'll sit on the couch on each end of the couch from one another. You won't ever look at each other. You won't touch each other. And you think you're doing something great for your marriage and you're not. Mm-hmm. You're both sitting there lonely, as you guys had said as well mm-hmm. in those comments. So make it a point to strengthen that recreational intimacy. And the same thing, you know, can be said about the sexual intimacy, right? Sex doesn't have to take a back seat during the busiest years of your life. And in fact, I would say it probably shouldn't take a back seat. Sexual intimacy is important for both husband and wife. And it's navigating what does that look like and how can the two of you be intentional? It's not something that you just say, you know what, we'll get to after the kids grow up or when we don't have kids and they won't, they won't interrupt us or, you know, when I'm not busy pursuing my career or whatever it is. The sexual intimacy, guys, it's just as important as the other five. Mm-hmm. It, it's not the one that you can just kind of like toss over to the corner and be like, yeah, you know what? We'll get to that at some point in time. You actually can't neglect any of your pillars. And we have multiple episodes talking about like going through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just shared, you know, the episode we did, erection killers. We've done episodes on menopause. You're going to have to navigate this season together. Mm-hmm. And... That is going to take your emotional intimacy. It's going to take your your physical intimacy. It's going to take your financial, your spiritual, your recreational, and your sexual intimacy to navigate this season. The two of you are on the same team. The sooner you start 
linking arms with your team teammate, mm. the sooner the two of you start navigating the challenges together. It, it, it's time. It's time for you to start strengthening your marriage today. Yeah. Wow. Hey, for those of you who are there right now, Elise and I are pressing in and we're praying for you. Truly, we believe that if this is the time you are in right now, that the six pillars of intimacy can begin to shift. For those of you who are prior to it or even after it, the six pillars of intimacy begins to allow you to look at your marriage from an, a way that you never thought possible. So make sure you go do that. Grab our free video, The Six Pillars of Intimacy. You can get that at sixpillarsofintimacy.com right now. Watch it. Begin to take action in your marriage so that you can come through this season, midlife crisis, or any other season in your marriage and have the extraordinary you desire. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week, and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.